with me in prayer. Father, we just come before you and we just thank you for this beautiful Lord's Day you bless us with. Father, and let us see that through the struggle, there is a purpose. Father, through the struggle, you are the good shepherd. Through the struggle, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are our provider. And Father, let us praise you. Let us sing about you. Father, we just love you. Jesus' name, amen. Listen, y'all ever had a bad day? Oh, come on now, T tomorrow's Monday. Y'all ever had a bad day? Yeah, I, I mean, one of those days where you, you remember where you parked the car, but you go out and the car's on four blocks. Or, or maybe you start off the morning and you're, you're going to brush your teeth, but you realize that, that what you thought was toothpaste really was muscle cream. <laughs> That's, that's starting off a bad day, right? That's pretty bad. Or, or maybe you get to, to school and you, or, or even church and you realize that you have one brown shoe and one black shoe. Or maybe for some of us, we forget that we even we left our shoes at home. Huh? That, hey, that's true. That can happen. That can happen. <coughs> or maybe that old car alarm just goes off the whole drive to work. The whole time. The whole time. What a bad day. What a bad day. Have you ever had a bad morning? I wanted to look at a, a man in the Bible in Genesis. His name's Joseph. His name's Joseph. I, I believe if we looked at Joseph's life, you know, Genesis covers uh, Joseph more than Abraham. He, he, there's a lot to learn from uh, Joseph's life. I believe he can show us that it is impossible to live a, a life apart from Christ. I believe that we can look at Joseph's life and see that, that we are to live above the circumstances of life versus under the circumstances of life. Some Christian needs to write that down this morning, that we need to live above the circumstances, not under the circumstances. So let me translate. What's going on around us does not define us. Amen? So we can learn a lot from, from Joseph. Hey, man, he, he lived a life of, of unfairness, a, a life of, of loneliness. But through the whole time, we see his, his faithfulness, his faithfulness. Even in a rotten day, he was faithful. He was faithful. Sometimes you can, Don, you always ask me, what's the title of a sermon? The title of the sermon is The Story in the Struggle. The Story in the Struggle. Can I tell you today, if you're struggling, it's for a reason. There's a story in the struggle. I don't know if anyone else needs this, but I need this today. Is that okay? So I'm going to act like I'm preaching myself right here, uh, as I do every week, because I need this. If you would, stand for the reading of the Word. We're in Genesis chapter 50, and we're going to read uh, verse 19 through 21. And Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for, I am, for am I in the place of God. But as far as you, as far as you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. In order to bring it about as it is the day to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones and be comforted them and comfort them and speak kindly to them. Amen. 
as you're being seated. Father, we just take courage and hold confidence that what the enemy means for evil, to destroy us for setbacks, Father, you bring forth for good. That the enemy cannot change you or shake you or disrupt your, your perfect plan. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, Romans 8.28 says that we know that all things work together for the good to them who love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. His purpose. See, there's no other person in the Old Testament whose life uh, shows the purpose of God more clearly than Joseph. He's a, he's a, a living example of uh, Philippians 4.8. Listen to Philippians 4.8. It says, Whatever, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are uh, of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these. Listen, God wants us to have what is good, whatever is good, whatever is victorious. He wants great things for us. And, and Joseph's life shows that. See, see God, the hand of God was, was upon Joseph the whole time. He was leading him. And Joseph, through, through his weakness, was leaning in for uh, God to fulfill his purpose, and it was evident. Listen, everything in his life seemed to go wrong. But each event was bringing him, what? Closer to God in his life. Man, this is so applicable to our own lives. Remember that we are children of God. And if we are children of God in the will of God, then we have the assurance of God that nothing comes in front of our lives unless it goes through the fingers of God. Unless he allows that to happen. Unless he gives permission. Even this misfortunes, the heartaches, the sufferings, the losses. Man, that's where as a Christian we can go back to 828 of Romans. For a Christian, there is a hedge around the Christian. You remember Job? In, in, in Job uh, chapter 1, Satan goes before the Father and he says, Have you not put a hedge around your servant? Have you not built a hedge? Listen, and around his house, on every side? Listen, Christian, you have a hedge around you today. And, and for anything to happen to your life, listen, God has to allow it. He didn't, cre he didn't, he didn't create the, the evil or cause the evil to happen. He allowed it to happen. He allowed the enemy. He allowed the enemy to come. J.I. Packer puts it like this. Weakness, write this down. Weakness depends the deepness on Christ. The weaker we feel, the harder we lean. The weaker we feel, the harder we lean. And the harder we lean, the stronger. We grow spiritually. In our weakness, he is strong. In our weakness, not my strength, but his. As he increases, I decrease. And as I decrease in my weakness, I lean into the Father and grow stronger spiritually. So this morning, I want to take a few things, uh, four points of the life or lessons of, of Joseph. He was persecuted. He was persecuted, but persistent. 
He was persecuted but persistent. He was tempted but totally dependent on God. He was imprisoned but kept his integrity. And he was lifted up in the land of Egypt but kept his love for the Lord. He was persecuted but persistent. Psalms 133 in verse 1 says, Behold how good and how pleasant is the brethren to dwell together in unity. Listen, can I tell you that Joseph didn't come from a family of unity? He came from a a family of dysfunction. Listen, his father, Jacob, had two wives and two concubines. He, he had a, Joseph had 11 brothers. Can you, so can you say and, and imagine to grow up in a house with four mothers and 11 siblings? It's chaos. Listen, that's the key ingredients for chaos. No one's ever on the same page. Chaos. You're going to have major problems. And Joseph, you can see through his life, that starts all the way back in chapter 37. So what I'm doing is giving you the background to chapter 50 and these couple verses that we're reading. This whole sermon is the background up to these two verses. So we can see that his life in chapter uh, 37 was a life living in the fields with his brother. And the father had favor on Joseph. And his brothers couldn't stand it. Couldn't stand it. See, they couldn't stand it because they, they thought that Joseph was a, 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 a tattletale. He went and tattletale to, to, to mom and dad, what the brothers were doing in the field. But not only that, he was given a coat, a coat of many colors. So the brothers seen not only a tattletale, but they seen the coat of one of superiority, superiority. One of a leadership, one that had a role, one of the, that had the father's blessing. So Genesis 37, 4 says, When his brother saw that their father loved him more than any other of them, they hated him, and they couldn't speak a kind word. Matter of fact, it caused so much tension, especially when he had the two dreams, uh, and he told the the brothers of the the dreams, the brothers became even more angry. It showed them that, that one day the brothers would bow down to Joseph. So this, this hatred become uh, uh, envy and lethal. So lethal. It, it, it was simmering in the hearts. And it was waiting for just a spark to set off of an explosion. And this explosion happened when they were in the fields, when they were tending sheep. And, and they seen Joseph off afar and coming in the distance and the coat. And they, and they noticed that he was observing what they were doing. And they said, oh no, here comes the dreamer. Here comes the dreamer. So they mocked him. But see, they had a plan. See, they had a plan when, he, when they were out in the field. They said, we're going to kill this guy. Let's kill him. Let's get rid of him. But see, old Reuben, one of his brothers, had, had, was going to come to the rescue. See, Reuben suggests to take the robe off, to strip him of the royalty, to throw him into a pit and we learned uh, in, in prior uh, lessons, we learned that the pit in this time was like a cistern, where it, it was a pit where they, they catch uh, water to drink. So this pit was, was deep. He, Reuben says, no, let's not kill him. Let's strip him of his robe that the father gave him and throw him in the pit. And, and let's, let's sell him. Let's make a profit. See, Reuben thought that he was going to be be quick about it. He thought that he was going to deceive his brothers, put this plan in action, throw him in a pit, his brother's going away, and he's going to come back and rescue him out of the pit. But see, it didn't happen. Because the Ishmaelites come on the scene. They come on the scene. And they sold him. 
They sold him for 20 pieces of silver. Out of here. Out of here. God gave Joseph a dream. And God was going to be faithful to fulfill it. Christian, God has a, pers- a purpose for your life. And he's going to be faithful to fulfill it. A verse I've, uh, I've quoted the last couple of weeks, 2 Corinthians 4, 8 says, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. But not crushed. Hey, when the struggle's coming, you can't be crushed. Matter of fact, you are an overcomer. You are not crushed or perplexed, but not driven in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Not destroyed. We can take lessons from Joseph. (laughs) Lessons, even when it feels like we can't be pushed anymore. We must remember that nothing can break us. Nothing can destroy us. If God is for us, Number two, Joseph was tempted but totally dependent. See, when he arrived in Egypt, he was uh, sold to a, a man named Potiphar. A man named Potiphar. See, Joseph rose through the, the ranks at Potiphar's house. He became the, the chief uh, steward in Potiphar's house. He would rise in, posi- in position. Genesis 39 says that, it says twice that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. In everything he did. So you see the 37 and, and coming to 39, he's he stripped of his royalty. You can see that we, we went from uh, a life where we're going from a sinner to a saint by the time we get to the end of this. So by this time, by the time he gets thrown in the pit to the time he gets sold at Potiphar's house, we're going from about 17 years old to mid-20s. 17 to mid-20s. So he was successful in his mid-20s. He had great authority. He, he was honest. He was hardworking. But see, he caught the eye of somebody. He caught the eye of of Potiphar's wife. And see, Joseph had had suffered in a pit because of the hatred of his brothers. And he would face an even greater danger of the lust of an evil woman. See, Potiphar's wife treated Joseph like an object. Like an object. And as he rejected her advancement, Man, it made her furious. So then we see the setup. See, she, she was married to his master. She was married to the one who had given him great authority over the house. And he, he trusted his, his master. His master trusted him not to violate anything of the rules and, and, and to go behind his back. So if nobody else found out about it, Joseph knew that God would know about it. So he didn't do it. He didn't do it. So finally, we see that Potiphar's wife had to set up. Day after day after day, she tried to set him up for misconduct. And every time, every time that she would see him, she would say, sleep with me, sleep with me. And one time, she grabbed his cloak she grabbed his cloak and he ran. But as he ran, there was a piece of the cloak in her hand. 
And that's where we see that, that the setup happened. Because see, as he fled the house, she flipped the script on him. She went, went to Potiphar and said, look, your servant, your servant is after me, is after me. So we see that the rejection turned. She developed a scenario that was all about her. And she had proof. Proof to place the charges. So once that these accusations fell, and Potiphar stripped him of royalty once again and threw him in the jail. I'm going somewhere with this. There's a lot of background. But we're trying to cover like 12 chapters here in background. So he gets thrown into jail. He was innocent. Innocent. He resisted the temptation over and over again, day after day. He said, no. He had never read Genesis 41. He didn't know the final, what the final outcome would be, that God had greater things in store for him. He didn't know the years. In years to come, he was going to be the prime minister of the whole land of Egypt. He didn't know. He didn't know. He didn't have the word to read. So this was a painful moment. He had done right and suffered wrong for it. In the midst of the unfair situation, Joseph senses Jehovah, for he is with him. He is the shepherd. This is the first place in Scripture that we see that the, the, the good shepherd, if you will. This is the first place uh, where we see that. This is why David quotes in Psalm 24 or 23, The Lord is my shepherd. This is the first place that Joseph said, the Lord is my shepherd. He is my provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is with me. Can you imagine? Imagine Joseph saying, uh, the Lord saying to Joseph, you are mine. You are mine. I am with you. I'm not ignoring you. I'm not rejecting you. I am working things out for you. You just can't see it. He's preparing you for a greater thing. He's preparing you for greater things. Christian, we need to have the same thoughts. The same thoughts. When we're tempted. Yeah, we're going to be tempted. We have been tempted. We will be tempted. We must rely on God. Even when things aren't going your way. When you've planned something out, you've mapped it out, things you've hoped for, things you've prayed for, the desires of your heart, God's still on the throne. He's still able. There's a story in your struggle. There's a story in your struggle. So when we're tempted, we must totally rely on God. Number three, moving quick. You guys are going to get out early for lunch today, Randy. Number three, when he's in prison, when he's in prison, he had integrity. Mm. He had integrity. You remember that word integrity that we covered a couple weeks ago? It means whole. It means integer. We we related it back to, to math. It's whole. We are wholesome. Listen, when he was in prison, the Lord showed him kindness. Look at Genesis 39, verse 20. The Lord showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison. 
So in the eyes of the prison warden, he had favor. He blessed him. See, Joseph's character had not changed. See, although he had refused to give in to the sin and been treated unfairly, the Lord was able to honor the Lord was able to use even while he was experiencing injustice. He knew that God was in charge. Listen, this is one of integrity is whole. When we see this in integrity, this is, this is one that having this, you're not going to accomplish this without that single mind, that single eye, that singleness that we talk about every week. You're not going to be a Christian of integrity unless you have a life of singleness, to where you're focused on Christ and Christ alone. That's it. You're not going to have it. See, when he was imprisoned, the Lord was preparing him. It, it was like a, a, a Christian being in a vice. You can't move. God's got you in a place to where you have to sit still and wait on him. Listen, when he was in prison, he was waiting on the Lord. This is a perfect illustration of waiting on God. He had time to think. He had time to pray. And then God, God put a couple people in, in his place. The prison will be a school where Joseph learns to wait on God in a time to uh, uh, release him, to fulfill the dreams that he gave him back in uh, chapter 37. Joseph had, had, had time to, to meditate on the dreams. And he had, had time to, as the cupbearer uh, would come in, he, he had time to minister. James 1 and verse 2 and 4. Listen, we need to be praying that we're, we are a James 1 Christian. What is a James 1? Hey, Paul, it's this. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. Listen, James 1, verse 2 and 4 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall in various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Listen, there's times when God puts you in prison, He removes the crutches out of your life. Why is that? He removes the Christians from around you. He removes the churches. He removes your job. Why is that? So you have nothing else to lean on but Him. And him alone. Listen, two years later after his imprisonment, God would use Joseph to minister to two. To minister. Matthew 6, 33. This is the singleness again. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Listen, Randy, there's a catch there. Seek ye first what? God. The kingdom of God. Then these things. Listen, he had to get in a place of a life of singleness to where everything else was removed to him. He had to go from royalty to rags in order to understand the importance of the Father. To lean in, to know where his help come from, his strength come from, who his provider was. Philippians 4.13. This is where he learned Philippians 4.13. We can do all things through Christ who what? Strengthen us. Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.17, God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, of love, of self-control. And my favorite, I, I, I like this in Revelation 3.5, it says, the one who conquers, the one who conquers will be clothed in white garments, 
And I will never blot out his name in the book of life. I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Listen, these are, these are God's promises to us. These are promises. God has promised Joseph. Promised him that the people would bow down before him. And he had to sit and lean into the promise, lean into the Father and his weakness. He didn't know how or when. He just had faith that God would accomplish. Faith. Faith. He knew that God was faithful. Faithful. Listen, we don't know when we look at the scripture, we don't know what led the, the cupbearer or the, the baker to prison, but we do know that uh, God's way, for, uh, way is deep and profound. Listen, this is, he sent these two guys to jail, and this is the start of God's plan un, un, unveiling here. This is, this is God's plan of, of releasing him from prison. God put these two men in here that had a, had a dream, right? And he had to interpret the dream. Man, isn't it good, uh, remarkable how God brings alongside people who are, who are going through something that, that you are going through now, they've already been through it, that can minister to you, can relate to you, can, can equip you, encourage you. Isn't it amazing when we are hurting, God brings alongside others that understands? Joseph, these two men ended up in prison for different reasons. They found themselves in the same place, similar situation, similar miseries. And out of his own experience, Joseph was able to minister. This was only possible because the Lord was first and foremost in Joseph's life. And Joseph was committed to keep it that way. He had his eyes fixed. This, this was a, the life of single, singleness. This was a life of integrity. Integrity. He was obedient in his imprisonment to be an instrument of the Father. Faithfulness. And then he woke, woke up one morning, he sees that the cupbearer and the, the baker have what, they had, had this look on their faces. And each of the men had a dream. And they were concerned about what the dream meant. So he interprets it. And the, the dreams play a very important part in the uh, leaders of Egypt at that time. Because if you could in, interpret a dream, it was one that would be highly respected, highly elevated. So Joseph's interpretations of the dream come to pass. The cupbearer was restored to the position and the baker was what? Executed. Out of here. So the, he, he, Joseph then asked, he asked the cupbearer, speak good to me to Pharaoh. When the time comes, speak good to me. Two years pass before that ever happens. Two years pass. Listen, God doesn't want us to put our hope and trust in people. At all. He wants us to have a singleness to put complete hope and trust in the Lord. Cupbearer was re restored to his position. And he said nothing for two years. Hebrews 12, 11 says, Now no chastising seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. 
Nevertheless, after it yields fruit of righteousness to those who have trained by it. Listen, we don't know why the, the chastisement, the, the, the pain. Man, that's not enjoyable when you're going through it. But man, if you will stay faithful to walk through it, greater things are to come. Joseph couldn't understand why he was sold into slavery. Had to go through all these years. But greater things were ahead. And he didn't know what it was. But he knew the one who held the future. Hmm. You know, I admire Joseph. And the, the older I get, the more trials you go through to look at the, the life. His loyalty, how he was resistance to the, the devil, the enemy, how he resisted temptation. It, how he was faithful in, in prison. How he, he waited on the Lord and leaned into the Father. Listen, Joseph, in his imprisonment, uh, he wasn't surrounded by family or, or friends or a church or didn't have the scripture. No. We have prayer. He leaned into the Father. He stood on the promises Hey, what's your response? What's your response to the unfairness in life? What's your, your response to the mistreatment, the misfortune? What's, what's your response to the imprisonment? What's your response to God when He says, wait? What's your response? There was a quote... Uh, I read, it says, the child of God is often called to suffer because there is nothing that will uh, convince outlookers or onlookers of the reality of the power of the true religion as suffering. Mm. Listen, Christian, you're either in the storm, entering the storm, in the middle of the storm, or coming out of the storm. But God will take you through the valley of persecution, the valley of temptation or the valley of imprisonment to grow you. It's like that, that old uh, evangelist used the illustration of silver and gold that, that we have uh, quoted before, the, the illustration where he takes it in and he, he refines the metal. He melts the silver down to get to the impurities, the dross off of it, to skim it across. And the guy asks him, how many times are you going to do that? Until I can see my image Listen, God's going to take you through the trials and temptations and all that, the struggles, the imprisonment, until he can get all the poison, all of the dross, until he sees his image in you. Hmm. Last, Joseph was lifted up in the land of Egypt. He was lifted up. Two years after Joseph had interpreted the, the dreams of the cupbearer and the, the baker. Pharaoh had a dream. Pharaoh had dreams that troubled him. And he called all the musicians and wise men of Egypt, but they couldn't interpret the dream. And the chief cupbearer remembered Joseph. Remembered him. 
And he appeared before Pharaoh, and he was able to interpret both dreams, and Joseph made sure to give God the credit. He says, I can't do it, but God will. God will, Pharaoh. God will answer these dreams. He will interpret these dreams. So Joseph informed Pharaoh that his dreams meant that that there was seven years of, of harvest and seven years of famine. So the interpretation of the wise counsel, uh, how they handled the situation, uh, he was elevated. So we see Joseph was elevated in authority. The, the Pharaoh give him a signet ring and dress him in the finest robes and linen, give him a gold chain to put around his neck. And he was given a, a, a wife, and Proverbs one twenty one says, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of the water, he turns whatever he wishes. So listen, old Pharaoh's heart was in the hand of the Lord. Hey, now, now we see that through Joseph's faithfulness, back in chapter 37, the dreams, hey man, it's starting to come true. It's starting to come true. Man, 13 years, 13 years, his brother stripped him of the robe. And I want you to see the irony in the robe. Listen, when they stripped him of the robe, they went and got what? Animal's blood. And they put it on the robe. And they took it to, to who? Jacob. And what's the irony of that? Because what did Jacob and his mother do to Isaac? What did they do? They, fought, they deceived him. They went and took animals skin and clothed themselves and animal skin the fur and the blood and he was deceived so listen the same setup back to back to what we say a lot you reap what you say so hey man jacob was reaping what he sowed he deceived his father and god allowed the same thing to happen to him so his brother stripped him and used it to deceive the father and and, and pharaoh gave him a robe of greater significance, greater significance. It enabled Joseph to accomplish some wonderful things. He, he blessed the blessing of Potiphar's house, overcoming temptation. He endured false accusations and great injustice. Joseph was a man of faith and expected God to work. He waited in expectation. He was obedient to the call. But listen, there was one more achievement. There's one more achievement, the greatest of all. He was enabled by God's grace to wipe out all bitterness, all the, the bad memories of the past that his family had done on him, to make a new beginning, that God was giving him a new heart, new desires, fulfilling his dreams because he had a single eye. Man, that's, that's a wonderful thing. When you can go through the times of struggle with that kind of attitude, saying, I know it's for a purpose, I know it's for a purpose. Listen, do you realize that his father, Jacob, is in Hebrews 11, saying that he was a man of faith, but it was nothing of his whole life? It was when he was on his deathbed and had to die to himself when he was blessing the nation of Israel, when he was uh, uh, the 12 tribes, when he was pouring out blessing on his son, when he died to himself, that's when he became a man of faith. Wow, we need to die to self 
embracing the pleasant blessings, forgetting, being forgetful and, and, and fruitful at the same time. Then isn't it a, a tragedy when people remember the painful things others have done to them? And all their life they carry those painful things. It's those sandbags that we continue to fill up and weigh us down. It's those chains we allow to, to be in bondage, the bitterness, the that robs the joy and the peace. <laughs> Just as Joseph laid aside his prison clothes and made a new beginning to take off the old and put on the new. A faith and love. Christian, there's a story in your struggle. There's a story in your struggle. But as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people. Mm, amen. Listen, when, a, when the circumstances of life put us in a place we don't want to be, it's easy to lay down the plow. It's easy to, to give up. One of the beautiful things about life is being able to wake up every morning and seeing that every day is a day of sunshine. Even when it's rain, it's liquid sunshine. Every day is a day of sunshine. So to be able to wake up and see what the Father is doing, saying this is the day you have made, let us rejoice. Having an eye that is focused on Him, it's a single heart and single mind to focus. It's seeking God first. That's the life of Joseph. And as believers, we can stand on his promises. That his, his word will remain true and all the, the words that have been prophesied are coming and, and being fulfilled. But it's not over. It's not time to lay down. It's not time to give up. It's time to keep on keeping on. And as Alicia and, and the musicians come and, and, and get ready, I, I don't know where you're at today. I don't know where you're at in the struggle this morning, in the story of your life, but, but don't give up. God's got a plan for you. Maybe it's your enduring persecution like you've never endured before. Believer, don't give up. Maybe, maybe you're imprisoned. Maybe the shame and the guilt is weighing you down. I need you to come for forgiveness. Take off the old garments. Take off the old man. Accept a life of Jesus, an everlasting life, an immeasurable love, a life of victory. Where you take off the old and put on the new, and you allow him to start changing your heart and your mind day after day, renewing Remember, God's story is being written through your struggles. He's got a story.
Are you willing for him to increase and you decrease? Listen, before Joseph could ever embrace the victory, he had to decrease. Before Jacob could ever be a man of faith, he had to die to self. Before the battle of Jericho was ever won, they had to sit in silence. Hmm. That's right. Are you willing to let Christ use you? Are you willing to let him be Lord of your life today? As you're standing, there's someone here today that needs to come and accept Christ as Savior. Come. Come. Some need to join a church. Some need to, to, to go and pray with somebody. Man, you offended me. But I love you. Go pray. Some need to cast off something. We wait. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your, your sacrifice on the cross. We thank you for the atonement. Father, we thank you for dying when we didn't deserve it, but we know that you loved us. Father, I pray that if there's one in here who have, has not accepted your atoning blood to cleanse them, Father, I pray that they come today. Father, I, I, I pray that a Christian would, would put off self, self-righteousness, that they would, would, would die on the altar today. The envy, the bitterness, the shame, the guilt, Father, purge us and show us the things that need to, to rid. Father, our prayer is that you increase in each individual's life and that we decrease. Father, may we praise you for you are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen.